0: At our church, Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts, and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them.
1: Good morning, good morning, good morning, BCC family, FCC family. Hopefully you are well and uh, you are staying dry and warm as the snow is falling outside of here at First Christian Church. Uh, glad we got here safely and we're praying we get home safely as well for those of us who are here making sure all this happens this morning. Uh, we want to make sure that you uh, know that we're in a new series entitled Where's the Love? So we're going to be talking about that this month, but we're not going to leave the last series. In the past, which was the power of words. If you had a word uh, for the year that maybe God gave you, and you were able to write it down or paint it, you join us in the paint night. Continue to process that word, to live that word out, whatever it may be. For my word, is coalesce to take the parts and bring together as a whole. So I want to see how God's going to do that throughout my life this year uh, in 2021, which is going to be a good year. We'll make the most of it. That's uh, for sure. Also, want to recognize that this is Black History Month, and so we—I'm thankful for everybody, every pastor, every person that made it possible for a person like me, a guy, with my background, my ethnic background, my skin tone, to be able to be able to to preach a message, to have a combination church, to have being an interracial marriage—all those things that benefit me from those who laid the way for me uh, years and years ago from the civil rights movement all the way on. So we celebrate. Uh, those highlight those in Afro-American uh, culture and background of history, especially in the, the church world. So I just say thank you for that and continue to, to study and learn about not just black history, but American history as we continue to unify in our country, which is definitely needed. We're going to move into a time of worship, but before we do that, one last thing, make sure that you share Right there. See, that's probably going to be doubled. The image probably doubled over a bunch of times. But share this. If you're on Facebook, share it. If you're on YouTube, you can also share as well. If you're on your phone, if you're watching it through uh, Fire Stick or Apple TV, uh, you, there's there's a way to share Engage. We love the engagement we had last week. Able to interact with everybody. That was awesome. Please keep doing that. Leave comments. Encouraging comments. Agreeing comments. Leave questions. Uh, uh, scripture verse everybody's kind of in this together to learn from each other, to lean on each other. If you are a mentor in person, be a mentor in the, in the chat box, that would be great. Uh, So make sure you share on your Facebook page or your, your timeline uh, that you're here in church and you're going to hear a great message. As we talk about, where's the love as we move into that, we do want to engage in worship to take this opportunity to engage in song and worship. And again, though these songs have been played throughout these last five, six, for some of us, eight months, there are still songs of worship that connect us to God, that we don't just sing empty words. to say it again. God does not want empty words. He wants words that are from our hearts, spirit and truth, not just mindless singing words. So anytime we go into engage, make sure you do that, mind and heart and spirit and truth. So I'm going to pray for us this morning, and then we're going to engage in this time of worship together. So let's pray. God, we come before you now, recognize you as God knowing that you are the God that makes everything happen. You are the God that's in control. And we say thank you, and we recognize that, Lord. And God, as we are two churches in one location, via the camera, via the screen, we come together saying, you are Lord. And we want to recognize that in the song that we sing, in the worship that we engage in. If we sing it to ourselves, we sing it within our spirit, or we're at home singing out loud as a family or by ourselves, let us Sing these words, not as empty words, not as words just from memory, but words to express our love for you and your love for us. You're a great God. Lord, we do lift up those who are in need of prayer, Lord, from the kids in our homes to our own personal health, to finances, to those who seem um, to be lost, to be isolated, that need an extra portion of your favor in their life, Lord. We pray for that, Lord, that you would... Rain down, you will come, you will draw near, you will bring what is needed within those families, within those lives. Your Holy Spirit will come. We give this time to you. It's all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen.
2: my experience, looking like a Christian turns out to be a pretty easy thing to accomplish. It takes a while to get the hang of, but after a while, it's honestly just like second nature. There's a, a, a litany of sorts, a, a way to talk, a way to dress, a, which books to read, which issues to care about. I mean, there are even quite a few varieties to choose from. The fundamentalist, the emerger, the socially conscientious, each one with their own hairstyle and pop theologians and Bible translations. I mean, you're really free to express yourself and still look Christian. But the problem is, and don't get me wrong, all these outward things, there's nothing inherently wrong with them. I mean, feel free to support your local discount Christian bookstore. But the problem is that all these things can so exteriorize our faith that we forget what's happening inside us. Our faith becomes so carefully groomed and stylized that we let those outward things, the politics and the the book of the week, and the newest cause or the latest greatest worship album we let them numb us from ourselves and one day we're sitting there thinking you know i'm i'm getting pretty good at this christian thing and we've we've totally forgotten this mess of a heart that's inside us and all i'm saying is nothing that you do for your image is ever going to change your heart in your heart that's that's all god really cares about i mean yeah it's it's frightening down there but you know don't ignore it it's it's dangerous to ignore it. I mean, your heart, that's your eternity.
1: God's love for us seems reckless at times. Like why would he even love us the way he does? Cuz that's who he is. He is love. And that is a perfect song to segue into our sermon series, Where is the Love? That's a question that we are posing for this whole series that we will break down through the next three weeks. Where's the love, man? Where is it? I don't know if you ever asked that question in general. I don't know if you ever had to ask it. I have before. You walk in the house from a day of work or being out of the house all day. You walk in and nobody's there to greet you. I have three people live in my house plus a dog. And you walk in and nobody says anything and you know, everybody's in their in their room or you know, working on whatever they're working on. And I get asked that question, oh, where, yeah, where's the love? Even the dog didn't come see me. Like, what's up? What's? And then, you know, not that they don't love me, but I'm not feeling it because they're preoccupied in what they're doing, which is not bad. But I don't know if you ever asked that. Like you walk into a situation and you're like, I just don't feel it. I don't sense it. I don't know if you've been a part of like something at work where there's tension or people that are supposed to love each other, doesn't seem like they love each other. And you ask the question, where's the love? There's a couple that, uh, that, that I know that the husband and wife just have this, this bantering they do back and forth and their banter back and forth shows their expression of love each other. But to us on the outside world, we say, do y'all actually love each other? Like, where's the love? They're like, Oh, we're not doing this. Then, then you ask the question, where's the love? Cause we, that's how they engage. That's how they show their expression of love each other by teasing each other, poking at each other. But for me, I go, ooh, I don't, I don't seem like love to me. We ask that question because sometimes it's hard to see, sometimes it's hard to feel where the love is. And so if we ask this question, we pose this question in for the month of February for the last seven years, which is awesome to say, we take February to focus on love. And we've come at it at different angles when it comes to marriage and relationships, general love, love versus like, all different kind of ways. So we will continue this, this approach in February, expressing love and what God says, because we cannot not get this right enough. So when we go to this series and we come to the word or this question, where is love? We have to start with truth. Our foundation, if we're going to ask anything, any question, especially when it comes to humanity, we're going to start with the Bible. We're going to start with truth. So when we say, where is love? We're going to look here to get the answer. Where is love? So in that, you should start there too in answering this question. Not what Dion says or Jason says or somebody else or message, messenger say, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about love and where should we find love? Well, it says this in 1 John 3.23. And this is his command. To believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he has commanded us. So here it tells us what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to love. But it doesn't answer the question where is the love? So as we travel on in this series and travel on in this message, will we answer that question? But we're asking the question, where's the love? And this verse says, this is how we ought to love. It is because of Jesus that we can love and his love is found in his commandments. So we need to look at the commandments that he has given us. So our key verse, our key text is going to be in the book of Romans, Romans 13. And Romans 13 comes after Romans 12, because that's how numbers work. And Romans 12 is my favorite chapter in Romans it is my favorite chapter. If you want to know how to love somebody, how to live with other people and express that love and, and how that works. Romans 12, Romans 12, but we're not going to preach on that. We're going to talk about Romans 13. So Romans 13 verses eight, nine, and 10 says this. I'm going to read it from the Bible over here in the paper. But I'm going to actually read it straight from the text. It says this, let no debt remain outstanding. Except the continuing debt to love one another, for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments: you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And what other commandments? Whatever other commands, where there may be, are summed up in this one command: love your neighbor as yourself. Verse ten: Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. See, we ask this question, where's the love? Because the only thing that we are owed, the only thing that we are supposed to do, the only debt that we have to one another is one thing. The New Living Translation says it like this. I love it how it puts verse 8 and 10. It says, owe nothing to anyone. All right, we'll stop there. You put the camera back on me. The, the, the owe nothing to anyone. All right. Now, when we read that, you read that little phrase, "owe nothing to anyone." You can try to read it like in this stance, like I don't owe nothing to nobody. I don't owe anybody an explanation. I don't owe anybody. That's not the attitude of what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying, "Hey, when it comes to owe you, owe." owe Live a life where you owe nothing to anybody. Don't be in debt to anyone. You want to be the lender and not the borrower. So you are to work, live your life and work your life to be getting a stance with any human being where you owe them nothing. All right. So it's not like, I don't owe you nothing. You're not the boss of me. Like, you can't judge me. No, that's, 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 that's childish. That's not what Paul is saying here. Paul's not saying that. He's saying, Hey, you have to live your life not owing anything to anyone. But he goes on, says, except for the obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of the of God's law. Verse 10, love does not. Sorry, love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills a requirement of God's law. Yo, know, this right here says that the only thing that we are in debt to one another with The only thing that we owe one another, the only thing to every single person, to the seven point something plus billion people in this world, the only thing we owe each other is love. That should rock your world. That should make you go, whoa, whoa. The only thing I owe you, the only thing you owe me is love. The only thing that I'm indebted to everyone from the person I love the most, which is my wife, to the person that I don't like, which I don't know who that is, but the, the person that doesn't like me, I owe them love. And you can say, well, Pastor Dion, that person or this person, and God's just like, I don't care about how you feel. This is not about feelings. This is about action, what you're supposed to do. And that is that you owe love to everyone and everyone owes you love that is what you're in debt to that is what we're in debt to that is what was owed i love when i was a kid when my mom the the, the person i love to owe money to was my mom not owe money to but but lend money to was my mom this is why when i was a teenager my mom still is this way my mom is such the best example of paying her debts of owing nobody anything she she, she lives that right So when I was a teenager, those few times my mom would say, "Hey, Dion, do you have a twenty-dollar bill? I don't have any cash. I need some cash. Do you have it?" I loved lending money to my mom because my mom would not just repay me; she would like use the twenty, and let's say she used twelve dollars of it, she would give me eight dollars plus the twenty dollars she gave me. She's like, "If I gave you gave me twenty, I'm gonna give you twenty, and I'm giving you the change." I loved that. I was like making money on top of my money. I was like, "Mom, anytime you need some money from me." Let me know because I know how you do this. You, you, you borrowed, you give back what you borrowed plus whatever you didn't use. I love that. That is how we should approach it with love. See, when it comes to love, you're supposed to give the love and then anything left over, you say, that's fine, that doesn't matter. I want to give that back to you. I want to give you that kind of love that I'm supposed to give. Not the love that I want to give you, but the love that you're supposed to get from me. And that is what, God is saying here, that's what Paul is saying here in Romans 13, that we owe each other love. We can't get around it, we should expect it. So if I lend you something, if I borrow you borrow something from me, if I loan you something, you are now in debt to that loan. You are in debt to that. And so I have an expectation, it's not wrong of me to have an expectation of you owing that back to me. It could be that you borrowed a piece of equipment, you borrowed some money, you even borrowed some time, you exchanged favors, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with my expectation to have that come back to me. So you're not wrong in asking the question, where's the love? Because that is the only thing that is indebted to you. That is the only thing God has called every human being in this world is to love because of who he is. And we are made in his image. So if we're made in his likeness, made in his image, and God is love, then we are to be loving and doing love. So that is why we ask the question, because sometimes, a lot of times, most of the times, we get that wrong. And so we ask the question, where's the love? The only thing I'm expecting from any person, because you're a person, because you're a human being, is love. But why do we get that wrong? And the next question is, why is this so important? Why is love so Important. We go back to our text. Romans thirteen ten says this. Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirement of God's law. Love fulfills the requirement of God's law. We need to understand that loving one another is the basic principle of the Christian life. It is like. The chief thing that we build everything off of is that principle of love. You see, we need to understand that we cannot get around, away from love. And we can't have the life that we are called to live without love. In fact, we would have been lost if it wasn't for love. See, the Bible tells me I'm saved because of love. I don't know about your Bible, but my Bible in John three sixteen is not going to be on the screen. But it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, which means whoever, which means anybody that believes in him will not die, will not perish, but have everlasting, eternal life. And that is all because of God's love. If it wasn't for love, I would be lost. If it wasn't for love, I would be doomed. If it wasn't for love, I would have no chance to get this life right at all. So thankful for God's love. It moves me. God's love does. John 13, 34 to 35 is Jesus' words here. He says, in a new commandment, I give you love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, and we say at Bowie City Church and First Christian Church says the same thing, that we want to be fully devoted, followers of Jesus Christ. The chief way, the only way, the only way that really actually matters is how you love. And they'll say you are a follower of Jesus Christ because of how you love. They'll say there's something different about you because how you love. If people are not saying that, if they don't approach you that way, if they don't have the understanding about you, then the first thing they question is, where's the love? how are you loving? That's what Jesus says. They will know you're a follower of mine by how you love each other. That's my question is where's is the love and how are you loving? And we're going to get into that as we get into the sermon. See, some of you may be asking how is love fulfilled the law? And that's what verse 10 said. How did love fulfill law? So you see, when you practice love, there will be, No need for any other laws in your life because love covers them all. Love covers the multitude of sins. Love covers all the law. Love covers this whole book. So we get love right. It covers all this. We will do all these things right. That is what God is saying to us. That is what Jesus was saying to us in the great commandment. Love your Lord, your God with all. If you love it with all that you have, everything else will be covered. And to love your neighbor as yourself, you love your neighbors the way you're supposed to, it will cover everything else. That is what is awesome about love. That is why you need the fulfillment of love. Because then you won't have to worry, you won't have to focus on the rest of the law, the rest of the Bible. And I love the series we did back in, in November, October, November, where we talk about Jesus at the Sermon on the Mount. He says he came to fulfill the law. He didn't come to abolish it. See, love came to fulfill the law. See, Jesus is love. God is love. Therefore, Jesus is love. So love fulfills the law. Law, the love makes the law righteous. Without love, there's no chance. That is why it's important to love. Because without it, we have no chance in doing anything that this book says we are to do. Jesus says this in John 14, 15. That it is not going to be on a screen, but he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. If you love me, you will keep my commands. And this is not a guilt trip kind of thing here. It's not like when your wife is like, hey, if you love me, you will go to the store and grab me this whatever. Or you hear your your kids say, hey, if you if you love me, you will go get me. It's kind of like. You know, they're trying to like manipulate in a loving, <laughs> loving way, you know, trying to get our way. That's not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying to prove matter of fact of if you love me, then you will keep my commandments. You will obey. That is what we're hold to the standard. So the question still remains. Where is the love then? If That is what Jesus is. That's what Bible says. That's what God says. Then where is it? Where can we find this love? Continue on the text, Romans thirteen nine says, For the command said, You must not commit adultery, you should not murder, you shall not steal, you must not co- covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Where do we find this? Where is this coming from? Well, you know it comes from the book of Exodus. See, God gave this to Moses in Exodus 20. It's not going to be on your screen, but if you want to go to Exodus 20, I encourage you to read it. That is where the Ten Commandments first laid out. Exodus chapter 20. Whole leading out of Egypt and going into the wilderness. And he goes up Mount Sinai and God gives Abraham, I'm sorry, gives Moses the Ten Commandments. And so this is what it says. Exodus 20, verse 3, 4, 7, and 8. It says, You shall love your Lord your God. You should not make any other idols before you. You should not take the Lord's name in vain. And that you should remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Those four commandments, the first four commandments, that right there is vertical love. Vertical up and down is from you to God. This is not God to you. This is how we are to love God. It's those four commandments. If we get those four commandments right, we will be in perfect love with God if we love him. The way he's called us to have no other God. We keep him first in everything. We don't make anything else a God. We don't take his name in vain and not just simply saying a curse word, but in all the other ways that you can take the Lord's name in vain and that we remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And this is a little rabbit trail. It's not my notes, but I think the fourth one is probably one of the chief ones. I will speak for my own life that that gets easily cut out easily that I don't respect the Sabbath. I don't rest the way I do. I find myself tinkering with work stuff at some times. I find myself not at peace in my mind and my heart because I'm thinking about work. I'm thinking about ministry. I'm thinking about, and God says, I rested on the seventh day and I'm God. Who are you, Diode? Crush, I'm convicting me even right now that I'm saying that. But if we get those four right, that vertical love, we'll be in right love with God. It goes on for the other six commandments. If you keep reading on Exodus 20, this is... Uh, Verses 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, this summarizes, and I'm going to read all of them. You should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not lie. You should not covet. You get these right. This is called horizontal love. This is love to everyone else. The vertical love, the first four, honor uh, missed the other one, honor your mother and father. But horizontal love. What am I saying? Horizontal love. Love your parents. Honor your mother and father. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not covet, and do not lie against your neighbor. So if you go back to Romans 13, 9, that is where Paul gets this from. Says the commandment says, you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not commit, uh, or you must not covet. These and other such commandments are all summed up in this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. So church, When, say all, when it comes to our love, all means all. And all we need is love. Love is all you need. You know that song? I'm not going to sing it. But love is all you need. And you're like, Diane, but love doesn't pay the bills. Love doesn't put food on the table. Love doesn't make everything right. But when you start with love, it covers so many wrongs. It covers a lot of pain. It covers a lot of hurt. If we start with love, I say this a lot of times in, in in counseling when I'm counseling other couples, even in myself. When I start feeling that tension in my own relationship, in my own marriage, in my own children, in general, I say they are not against me; they are for me. My wife is always for me; she's not against me. My children, I give them the benefit of the doubt, are for me; they're not against me. Sometimes they make me question it, but they're 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 for me; they're not against me. Even though it seems at times we are at odds. They really, they, they, they do love me and I do love them. I'm for love. They are for love for me. All we need is love. If we start with love, it makes the other things more palpable. It makes other things, the difficult things, more doable. That's with God's right there in the midst of it is love, y'all. And we have to understand this. This is where we trip up. This is where it gets hard because it's God's love that we're called to. Not man's love, not woman's love, not the love that you feel, not the love society says you have, not love that you've seen before. It must start with God's love. It must start with that kind of true love, that perfect love, that love that surpasses all understanding, that love that brings peace, that love that brings joy, that love that is patient, that love that is kind, that love that keeps no records of wrong, that love that does not boast, that love that always protects, that love that always hopes, that love that always preserves. That kind of love is what the Bible talks about. Not man-made love because that love will fail. Time and time again, that love that you feel inside will lead you astray if it's not anchored in truth, it's not anchored in what God says. That's the love he's talking about. That is where love is found, in God, and not outside of that, not a twisted, perverted, I think, I feel, that is not love. And I understand love is a huge concept and we're trying to make sense of it and our fallen and broken world and broken lives. But if you don't start here and hoe to it, you will find yourself astray. and You'll find yourself having a perverted version of what we think is love and why we will continue to ask the question, where is the love? We can't get around it. You see, with God's love, you can't get under it. See, with God's love, you can't get over it. See, that kind of God's love, you can't maneuver around it. It is the center of what we're supposed to be doing. And if you go outside of God's love, you're outside of the law and you need the love to cover and fulfill the law. And that is why all of the commandments hang on these two things, which is talking about loving God and loving others. You see, God loved the world so much that he hung all of my sins on Jesus on a cross. See, God loved the world so much that he hung all the broken laws that I had broken on the cross on Jesus. What are you saying, Dione? If you turn to, if you look at Colossians 2.14, this verse is awesome. It says, having counseled the charges of my legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He takes it and taking it away, nailing it to the cross. See, the cross is where you find love. The cross Is where you find love. The lyrics of this hymn just bring this to light. It says, alas, did my savior bleed and did my sovereign die? Would he devote the scoured head for such a worm as I at the cross, at the cross where I. First saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith that I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. Was it with the crimes that I have done that he crawled up on the tree? Amazing pity, grace unknown, the love beyond degree is at the cross at the cross where I first saw the light where the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith that I received By sight, my sight, and now I am happy all the day. It's at the cross, but not just at the cross, but at the empty tomb. See, the cross is where they hung him high and they stretched him wide. He hung his head. For me, he died. That is love at the cross. But the empty tomb is where he defeats death and love actually conquers everything because that is not how the story ends. On the third day, Jesus rose again. That is love. That is it. We can't get around it. We must, we have to start there doesn't matter how good of a Christian you are. doesn't matter how you of a pastor or speaker I am. doesn't matter how much I want to love my wife and my family. doesn't matter how much money I have or don't have. doesn't matter what the government is doing or not doing. doesn't matter what the authorities are doing to me or not doing to me. If I don't start with love, I start with nothing. And if I don't start with the cross, if I don't start bearing my own cross, if I don't keep my eyes on the empty tomb, and knowing that Jesus ascended is it's at the right hand of the Father interceding on my behalf right now, I start with nothing. That is why love is important. And that is where you can find love at the cross and at the empty tomb. So, my question to you, church, Bowie City Church, First Christian Church, any believer, is where is your love? Ooh, where is it? Where is your love? See, there may be a wife or a husband who's constantly asking the question, where is the love of my marriage? There may be a child who is constantly asking, where is the love of my absentee father or absentee mother? See, there may be a teenager who's constantly asking the question, where's the love from my parents or where's the love from society? See, there may be a man here who's constantly asking the question, where is the love from my son or daughter? Where's the love from my friends that have forsaken me? Where's the love from that time that you're down to your last dime and people won't even help you from the society, from the government, to the church, to your best friends, to your family? You're like, where is the love? In this series, we're going to preach and teach through where you should find love, where it should be applied. The two chief places that you should find love that God has instituted. This is where you find love right here. We're going to, the next three next three sermons are going to be based on where you should find love, applying it from the truth. And the place you should find it is in the church and in the family. And within the family, especially in marriage. That's the first, that's the first family is marriage. I Eve. Mean, first family. So in the church, in the family, and especially in marriage. So those are the three sermons we're going to preach on when it comes to going through the rest of the series. And you may not know this. This is a refresher for some of those from Bowie City Church. But that right there, the family and the church, is us as a church. Our church logo speaks about this. And that's what we're going to teach and preach through. Not that this is a Bowie City Church thing, because we know we are a partnership with First Christian. But this is truth. This is who we are, the identity of us as a church. So if you take our logo, if you look at our logo, you have a red box and you have a yellow box. And let's talk about that red box. That red box is the love of the family. And if you see in our logo that the love of the family, the box is open. It is open for a reason. And we're going to talk and preach through what the love of the family is supposed to look like. How it supposed to operate. And we're going to do a whole sermon on marriage love. And how that's supposed to look like. How is that supposed to operate? But there's a reason why it's open. When you go to that yellow box, that is the love or the hope of the church. See, the church is the light of the world and light in the dark places makes you feel the sense of hope, which makes you feel possible to even love or receive love. And there's a reason why that box is closed. Cause we know that God has instituted the church and we cannot go change church, cannot go change truth. We can't change it. But what we can do is make that box larger and grow that box as the church should grow. But there's a reason why it is a closed box. Not that we're not exclusive. We're inclusive. We want to bring everybody in, but we know that the truth cannot be changed. So that box is closed. But as you see, the only way that you can make the color orange is by bringing the red and yellow together. And we call ourselves an orange church because orange means hope. Orange means vibrant. Orange, orange means unity. There's all these different words that come with the word or the color orange that is not possible without red and yellow for us as a church, we says it is not possible for us to live the way God has called us to live. If you don't bring the family, the love of the family and the light of the church together to bring something unique, to bring something different that you can't make any other way. So we are Orange Church. And First Christian is an orange church. We just they didn't know it. We just told them we just put the colors together. They're Like, yeah, that's us, too. Yeah, we know. That's why we're together. That's why we're like, we can run with this church. We can operate with this. We're in the same heartbeat of that. Because we understand that it takes the love of the family and the love of the church, the light of the church to be different, to set a different tone. So we preach and teach through that for the rest of this series. But as we end this, to put a stamp on this message, you can turn to the book of Isaiah. If you need to understand that Jesus, I know we're moving to Easter and I am already excited. Easter is the earliest year, so we're, 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 less than eight weeks away from Easter. I'm not going to preach an Easter message, but Isaiah 53 is the prophecy of who Jesus is. And so as I express that love is found through Jesus, love is found at the cross, love is found at the empty tomb, love is found in God's word. Hear these words as I read them out to you. If you want to turn there, it's going to be on your screen, but Isaiah 53 says this, who has believed our message and to whom who is, The arm of the Lord had been revealed. He grew up before him like a tender, tender shoot. And like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attach, attract us to him. Nothing in his prayers that we should desire him. Church, that is love. See, he he was despised and rejected by mankind. And man was suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces, he was despised and we held him to low esteem. Church, that is love that Jesus says, I will hold myself, I will humble myself, even though these people are rejecting me. That is love. First 4, so surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering. We consider him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. Church, that is love that he took our pain and he bore our suffering and he considered punished by God. He did that for us. That's love. Verse five, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and the punishment that brought us peace was laid upon him. And by his wounds, by his stripes, we are healed church. That is love. He took on the punishment that was due to us that brought us peace. That. Is love. Verse 6 And we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each have turned to our own way. The Lord has laid upon him the iniquities of us all. Church, that is love. We've turned our backs on Jesus. We have done anything we wanted to do. We have spit in his face. We have made him to be a liar. But he still chose us still chose to crawl still chose to bear our iniquities that's love verse 7 he was oppressed and afflicted yet he did not open his mouth he was led like a lamb to the slaughter he was a sheep before the shears of silent yet he did not open his mouth he did not try to talk his way out of the punishment that was upon him because of our own doing Church, that is love. Verse eight, he was oppressed in judgment and he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? He was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people. He was punished. Nobody protested for Jesus. Nobody. Jesus did not try to wiggle his way out of this at all. He was cut off from the land of the living and he died for the punishment, the transgression of us. That, church, is love. Verse 9, he was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor any deceit had come out of his mouth. Church, that is love. He did live a perfect life so he could have the perfect death and be the perfect sacrifice for us. Verse 10, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, He will see his offspring and prolong his days and he and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hands. Church, that is love. We will prosper because of Jesus. We will see heaven one day. We are made righteous because of the sacrifice he made. That is love. Verse 11, after he had suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. And by his, his knowledge, my righteous servant will be justified many, and he will bear their iniquities. Church, that is love. His sacrifice satisfies. Do we understand that who Jesus did for us? That is love in verse 12 says therefore i give my portion among the great and he will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death he was numbered with the transgressors Therefore for he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors that is me i'm a transgressor that is me i'm in need of love that is me I'm in need of Jesus. I am the chief sinner. And we can go toe to toe, blow for blow, saying what we've done wrong. And I say, I have wrong. One wrong makes me not right with God. And Jesus says, Dion, I will die for you. Dion, I will give you that love. Dion, I know what you've thought about. I know what you sought. I will give you what you needed. My sacrifice, my blood, my love covers a multitude of sin. That." Is love So we ask the question, where is love? And love is in Jesus. You can't get around it. That is the hope that you have to hold on to, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what society or what your home says or what technology says. It does that. That is not the truth. The truth is that God loves you and he died for you. And if you want to find that true sense of love, you need to give your life fully to Jesus and let him live through every aspect of your life. And just because you find love in Christ does not mean life will get easy. Jesus says, facts, uh, in this world you will have trouble. If Jesus had trouble, guess what? We're going to have trouble. But he loved us so much that he gives us hope. And He says, if you get this love right, between me and you, you get this love right between you and God, and you get this love right between you and other people. Watch what I do. Let us pray. God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for how much you love us. That's, that reckless love that you have for us, it's not reckless, but it seems so. Why would you love creation, man, such a way when they do you wrong? When I've done so wrong, and my thoughts, and my actions, and my nonchalantness towards life, towards others, to writing people off, to saying they don't deserve, and you're saying, "Who are you, Dione? Who are you, so and so?" God, may we get this love right. Jesus, thank you for being the example of love. Holy Spirit, thank you for letting it be impossible for us to be even have the capability to even fulfill love the way you've called us to. Let us be a church, let us be people that seek love, that start there, that ends there, that keeps pointing people there, and not man-made love, but the love of the Father and the love of the Son and the love of the Holy Spirit. Let this month of love that we get to focus on be the springboard to loving others like we love ourselves and that we will love God with all that we are, with all that we have, and that is all that was in us. Let it start today. That we love the way you've called us to love. Bless all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We're now going to give you opportunity to continue in your worship and your tithes are offering. We're going to watch uh, a video and then I'll come back and do a little explanation. Watch this. Look, this is an opportunity for you guys to continue your worship. Uh, you don't give to Bowie City Church. You don't give to Dion. You give through a church. And there's mission and vision that's continued to happen here uh, through Bowie City Church, through First Christian Church. And this is our opportunity to do that. We want you to give the way God's called you to give. Again, this is extension of your worship. And so know that when you do give, for us at Bowie City Church, we take 30% of every dollar, and we set it aside to go to missions, to go to kingdom, to create margin, to do what God's called us to do. So you're not giving, again, to me. You're giving to God through the church. And so there's two ways to do that. Same thing for First Christian. Um, you You can text it in. There's a text number for both churches. And so for First Christian Church, their text number, if you want to give through your phone, You'll be able to do that is just text 301 970 3646. Bowie City Church, it's a very similar number. You can text at 301 970 4565. And it is a, are supposed to text the word give, Jason? I think the word give, I think you text the word give and they set you up with how you can give via through your phone. You also can go to the, both churches' websites and you can give there. There's a give link, and you can give there. Or you can old school it, snail mail. If you want to write your check-in, you can do that. Both mailing addresses are at the bottom of both churches' website, where we encourage you to give the way God's called you to give. This is the full tithe, give a full tithe. If it's an offering, give an offering. But you must give the way God has called you to give, church, uh, which is awesome. So this is your opportunity to do that. And we do thank you for giving the way you do. So we're able to reach out and do more ministry uh, together. As we close this time of worship and close this message together, take that word with you, church. Take it with you. The only thing you owe people is love, and the love that God has called you to love. So we're going to close in this time of worship, uh, and then uh, we're, we're in our service. Normally, the questions that have been asked uh, before we go to worship, are we doing our, our couple's uh, Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving, our Valentine's Day couple's uh, Dinner. No, we're not going to be able to do that. Hopefully, we can do something in the sort in the, in the spring, towards the summer, but we will not be able to have our couples Valentine's Day dinner that we've had the last three years. Uh, so, enjoy the time with your family. Uh, Super Bowl and all that. That's today. Enjoy the time. Enjoy the weather. Stay safe. It's closing worship and know how much God loves us. And I love you, church. We'll see you next week.